Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. So you and I have been friends for a while now, right? Yes. And we're just going to jump right into it with little to no introduction, it would appear. Yes. And, you know, the other day we were in a men's group and you asked a fantastic question of the guys. Do you remember that question? I do remember the question. And Craig, what I know about you is that you are a sucker for a good question. Yes, I am. I love, I love that. Well, I think to me, questions are the gateway to growth and to connection and to learning. And if we're not curious, if we're not using our imagination, we're not learning, then we're probably not growing. I'd say that's not inaccurate. Oh. So you as the question master in chief, you're actually uh, calling for the question that you asked me, yes. are you not? So yes. well, your question threw me yes, yes. at the men's group. Right. Which was a really cool question. I would agree. I wouldn't have asked it if I and didn't it's a think what it if was question Because cool. the what if takes us into a fantastic space. Uh, it creates a lot of good space because what if starts with just the promise of possibility, right? Certainly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the general themes of that men's group conversation also painted the space for the question in the first place where it had such a high impact meaning. Is that incorrect? Yes. No, not incorrect whatsoever. And the context is always important, but uh, the question, you want to share with the audience your question? Yeah. So what if you showed up somewhere and God was there and he was more excited to see you than you were to see him. And when we first discussed that question, where did it take you? Because you were transported to a place that was, that was pretty powerful. Yes. And I'll just get real vulnerable right now and say that I got a little misty eyed because when, whenever anybody's talking about the father, uh, it's almost inevitable that they would think about their own father in some way, shape or form. And so I thought, about my own father and his level of general excitement uh, in a wide variety of contexts. He's not a dude who gets exceptionally fired up. And I think it's important uh, to have those role models and those male figures in any dude's life who are exceptionally thrilled when, I don't know, you, uh, let's say you, the listener, enter the space. Do you have that person in your life who is a mentor, who is a role model, who's a coach, who's a teacher, who is so uh, overwhelmed with joy that they get to spend time with you and that surprises you, right? So that question layered all of those different things into me and then activated my tear ducts in a way that I don't uh, feel was, I was ready for it. Yeah. I got a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And being comfortable with someone else's tears and even our own is really important because that's part of a journey of creating safety 
in a relationship where it says, I just want you to be you. The best thing you can possibly bring to the world is your authentic you. And, um, it, and if you take that question and you put that on God, you put that on our heavenly father, what if, what if God were more excited to see you than, than you were him? Where does that take us? Let me pause for a second and mull that one over. I don't know if I have an automatic response to that because that's a good question. I don't know if I can necessarily shoot from the hip. So let me ramble for a second as I jog my brain uh, and figure that one out. What does that mean? The ultimate being, the creator of all things, the creator of the universe, uh, completely powerful in an infinite fashion. If that dude is charged up to see this idiot, I'm pointing at myself right now. Um, that's a little bit mind blowing uh, to say, "Hey, you're you're really jazzed to see a struggling, broken, yet hopeful and occasionally optimistic individual. You're everything, and I'm just kind of a dude." Yeah, that's where the unexpected comes in yes. and that's where the emotion hits me right in the heartstrings. That's powerful. It, when I used to speak to larger audiences, I would ask them if they could summarize what God thinks about them in a single word, just one word. What does God think about you right now? One word. 80 to 90% of the people came up with one word, which is astounding because now you have a huge large sample size of people that all have the same word popping into their head. Mm. And I asked him to share that. And it didn't matter if I was on the East coast or the West coast, if I was in this country or another country, the word that people said it came to mind for them was disappointed. What? Disappointed that they felt as if God was disappointed with them. See, I thought you were going to say love. Cause that's what I was going to mm. say. That would be my one word. Yeah, that's beautiful. My experience of uh, God, yeah. both firsthand and through other people, is not uh, the vindictive mm. God of the Old Testament who's fire and brimstone and ready to level me as if I were a city. Mm. So did you not go through a season in your life where you felt like God was disappointed with you? No. Mm. Good for you. No, not good for me because I was... <laughs> an aimless wandering soul who had no sense of a spiritual foundation whatsoever. Mm. Mm. So I was so lost that I wasn't even on mm. God's radar mm. or so I thought I was right. All right. Yes, I was, but he wasn't on my radar. That's oh. a better way of putting it. So sure. How can you disappoint the father that you didn't know you had? Oh, that's very well said. See, I then also was in that 80 or 90% that felt like because I wasn't performing, I wasn't getting it right, I was still making mistakes, that I was a constant disappointment to God. And that is, that's no fun. That's no fun. Why would anybody want to be a part of that? No, exactly. And so now it impacts my prayer life, because why would I want to talk to someone who's always disappointed with me? Why would... Why would I ever want to share that with other people? And church is saying, go, go share, tell people about God. And I'm kind of thinking internally, <laughs> all right, why? Okay, so I want to tell everybody else that God's disappointed in them too. Why, why, why would I want to share that? 
And so this, this question of what if God is more excited to see us than we are to see him flips that on its head and creates some space to say, what does God think when, when we're coming towards him, when he's coming towards us? Why, why would he be excited to see you? Why would he be excited to see me? A great many reasons, but I want to continue zeroing in on 80 to 90% of people using disappointment as their word of choice. That turns a spiritual pursuit into a chore. And that's reporting into a boss who's never satisfied. Exactly, exactly right. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it does sound terrible. And you, and you complicate that with the fact that most people, uh, for most people, disappointment and love are mutually exclusive. Uh, that that they they don't blend. They can't go together. So if I'm disappointing you, then then you can't love me. And if you if you couple that misunderstanding of us disappointing with God with the with the template of gosh, you know, if I'm disappointing someone that they can't love me, well, all of a sudden everything is up in the air. And now we're going to try by our, our own performance or our goodness to somehow earn that love by erasing that disappointment. Well, from my brutish understanding of uh, Christianity, we are not saved in any sort of performative way. We are saved by God's grace mm. and the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. Is that? It's exactly right. Right. Yeah. So even if we wanted to go for the high score, there's no point. Mm. Right. So you're not taking the deep corner three, so to speak, and God's being like, oh yeah. All right. He's pumping his numbers. Yes. Like this a lot. Yes. No, he's already fired up. Yeah. He's like, I just, I'm glad you're on my team. That's, yes. Yeah. And how does that impact someone's life as they're going through their day. So how does that impact relationships? If you realize that there is a God who loves spending time with you, who likes you, who uh, is excited to see you, to hear from you, to, to walk with you when you create space, you turn off the radio and you drive quietly in the car down the street and you just create space just to talk to God. You walk on the beach and you just create space to talk and listen to God. How how does that impact someone's life personally and their relationships with the world around them? What, to invite a light stillness into your day? It sounds refreshing. Listen, some people text and drive. Sometimes I edit videos while driving. Oh my. <laughs> I am That's scary. scattered. <laughs> And I do a great job. That's still I do a tremendous job at that. Uh, but in all sincerity, it's very rare on any given day that I have uh, peace, stillness, and a general lack of stimuli. And I would much rather, uh, not in an emotional sense, but like, in a dopamine fiending way, I would rather fiddle around on my phone, which has programmed me to operate in that sense, than to sit in a reflective, calm, conversational bliss with the creator. Mm -hmm. That for one reason or another doesn't occur to me. It's starting to occur to me a little bit more and I'm finding that, mm. but if we're doing a little compare and contrast, I'm a little bit uh, 
more nascent, more larval in my walk than you, Craig. Yeah. You've been doing this for quite doing some it for time. A couple more years than you have. A couple mm-hmm. more years. Yeah, totally. When I've been blessed on a journey of, of finding um, a God who does love me and and can somehow blend being occasionally disappointed in me and still loving me like crazy. And that creates an environment that, gosh, I, I want to be around that person. I think that's why Jesus was so captivating. You know, he walked up to people and they would spend some time with him and they'd say, where are you going? I want to be where you are. Mm. And I love that because there was something about the acceptance they experienced, the the empathy of him understanding their story. There was some kind of quick relational connection that made people say, I want more of you. And so you're saying that perhaps we can get there or we can trend in that direction by following in his footsteps in one way or another. Yeah. I mean, that sounds great. Yes. Uh, Not in the way that is getting attention to be self-serving, right? But to be so overflowing with positivity that people say, I love the energy and Mm. the spirit that you bring into whatever space that you might. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the Bible says that Jesus went numerous times and spent all night in prayer. And I used to ask people, why did he do that? (laughs) He's God himself. Why would he spend all night in prayer with the Father? Why would would he do that? And through conversations and through thinking about it and reading deep theological books on it, I have come to believe that he did that because he wanted to. He just wanted to spend time with the Father. He loved spending time with the Father. Mm. He constantly was in communication with the Father. There was this intimate, beautiful flow, this connection that he's invited us up into and says, hey, you know what? Join join this. Join this beautiful relationship. Mm. Is the way that the world is configured right now, are there too many distractions to have a proper relationship? Is that what makes it so inaccessible for the youth? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. And uh, I don't know if um, most people think having a relationship with God is is really going to get them where they they want. And they don't. They have a path that they have created in their mind of boy, if I could just. And there's a list of things that would uh, make life wonderful in their opinion: self actualization, or money, or accomplishments, or boy, if I could just be a YouTube sensation or something. They don't realize that that thing that all of those other things are promising, life, peace, love, all of those other things promise something that they can never deliver, that God is the only one that can deliver on. That takes time to figure that out. I mean, and it takes some pain to figure that out for most people. It does. Right? Uh, To drink from the glass of, you know secular humanity and yes. say, Hey, let's hit the ones and twos. Let's go to the club. Let's yes. play it fast and loose with these yep. women of ill repute, <laughs> put it lightly. That's so you know, true. I think that's the young man's challenge. 
it is not a world that is geared towards young men finding God or finding themselves uh, and to find yourself in God. And I think that's the ultimate uh, pursuit. But there's a lot of hurdles in the way. Uh, think about Pinocchio. Doesn't he just go to that uh, fun little theme that's park? Right. He gets lost there. That's right. That, in a lot of ways, feels like most young dudes. Yes. We're in Satan's proverbial playground. Mm. Satan's a playground kind of guy, right? Gives you everything you need to have a great time that turns to a terrible time. Yeah. And then what? Yes. That's the question. Is so after, well said. after you've done it all, seen it all, and you're exhausted and on the brink of saying, I want to call it quits, mm-hmm. and then what? Mm-hmm. Once, so to me, the question is why, once, once Pinocchio got out of there, if he walks out of you know, Treasure Island, Fantasy Island, whatever it was Treasure called. Island is go. absolutely what it's <laughs> yeah, called. Whatever, I, it was. What, whatever I called it wasn't it. Yeah. Um, so he, he walks out of that, realizing there was a promise of excitement, freedom, joy, everything, and he got that maybe for a short time and then was in bondage, literally <laughs> becoming uh, like a animal. Um, the surprising thing is most of the time we walk from that just to another theme park that just got a different name. What a call. That just is a different thing that's promising the same thing. We're like, oh, okay, that wasn't that, it's going to be this. And it wasn't that, it's going to be this. And all the while God's just saying, hey, I'm here, I'm ready for you. Because all of those things that you really want, the freedom, the love, the peace, the joy that those other things promise are here. I love that. Going from one theme park to the next, you go from Disneyland to Six Flags. In my case, maybe it was Katrina to Sabrina, (laughs) right? Whatever that happens to look like. But I feel like that is uh, a well-crafted metaphor for jumping ship on something that you're exhausted by thinking that you can hop on the next ride or go to the next location Mm -hmm. and find something different by repeating things just because the scenery is a little bit different. Yes. Rides are a little different. Very true. And I think too often, uh, People inside the walls of the church are telling people, you need to get excited about God. You need to get excited about God. And we somehow feel like we have to muster up energy to, to pursue to pursue God. C.S. Lewis had a great metaphor. And he said, we talk about seeking after God, but that's kind of funny. That's kind of like talking about a mouse looking for a cat. <laughs> and I love mm. that. He said, God is the one that's looking for us. He's the one who's excited to spend time with us. He's the one who is initiated. Jesus left heaven in order to come to earth to initiate and say, here, I'm coming to you on your terms so I can be with you. I want to show you how excited I am. I'm going to span the universe that I created in order to spend time with you. That's something, isn't it? That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of love to tolerate, right? And I do use that word tolerate people use it in a lot of different ways now but uh, to accept enjoy and uh, receive yeah that love if you haven't received love in 
any sort of way that is even adjacent to that before it it's a kind of like sipping water from a fire hydrant Mm. if you really allowed yourself to step into it but i know exactly what you're saying where there is that raw rock let's go to church camp and read the bible so loud and (laughs) that's just gonna be it for all of us but to speak to your point god meets us where we're at yeah in every single moment right Mm -hmm. so whether we're sky high or just face down in the dirt Mm -hmm. boy is he saying i'm pretty excited to see you yeah i'm here with you wow and i still love you that's one of the beautiful messages that um the bible proclaims that i think we need to move more to center stage that, uh, you know, there's an exercise I love to do, um, where, uh, I think we've even done it before you pull out a napkin and I drew a circle and I say, shade in the, 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 the parts of the view that maybe uh, aren't as pleasant or a little rebellious or <laughs> shade in that little part that's dark. And it doesn't matter if you shade in a little bit, a quarter of it or a third of it, a half of it. It's like, it doesn't matter. We all, we all shade in part of that circle. Some of us might sh- shade in a tiny part. And then I asked you to do the same thing. I said, draw a circle around the part of you that God loves. And where does the circle go? Around every part of it. Right. Even the parts that we don't like about ourselves. And I've had a very tough time intellectualizing and digesting that in any sort of way that makes sense in my prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Cause that's more of a somatic thing where you're totally feeling that, right? It's very, yeah. Uh, and uh, you go ahead. And when you don't have to feel that, and that's part of the challenge. I think for a lot of people, they may sit there and nod their head at the napkin and go, yes, I agree with you conceptually. God loves all of me because God is love and I am me and he And that doesn't move our heart. It doesn't move our mind. It doesn't impact our soul. It doesn't change our relationships. It doesn't transform us inside out. But when we start experiencing that, saying, wait a minute, he actually loves all of me. Mm. And Not I love, I love parts. what you, I love what you did there. You kind of went into a robotic style voice. And I think about that in the context of the robotic Christian going through the motions, yes. saying the things that they think that they're supposed to say, yes. trying to do the things yes. that are going to get them in good with God or in good with their community, whatever, what have you. But when all of Christianity gets reduced into catchphrases. What's the point? Right. What is the point? But I know people uh, like that, that they know all the catchphrases and they know in moment X, Y, Z, this is the perfect thing to say. But I like messy Christians. Mm. And you're saying that God likes them too. Yes. Jesus wouldn't have picked a bunch of ragtag guys 
who are fishermen, who were from so many different walks of life that that no person could have made someone who's a, a zealot and since someone who is a tax collector come and, and sit by the fire every single night and talk and have s'mores and and share about their days. And Jesus was so captivating that those other things became completely secondary. And I agree with you. Sometimes we can get caught up in the slogans. Someone wise once said, uh, there are two kinds of people in the world, travel agents and tour guides. Travel agents can describe what it's like over there. Mm. Tour guides have been there. They can take you there. And I think, sadly, sometimes in Christianity, there's there's too many travel agents that are saying, hey, there's theoretical love available. There's theoretical joy and hope and peace available. It's out there somewhere. And we need more tour guides. We need more people to say, this is, I've, I've found I found some hope. I found some peace. I found some joy. I found some connection with a father that's fabulous. Let me show you. Let me show you where I found it. Yeah, it's amazing. You and I, we have a great buddy who does not fit in any mold. Uh, Conceptually, he's outside of the realm of possibilities. If you went up to, you know, any five random people uh, on the street and said, describe a Christian for me. None of them would describe this dude. Not a single person. He is out there. Doesn't swear as much as I do. I'm really keeping myself in check for this podcast out of respect. <laughs> but I love these people, these bros for the most part that don't fit inside of any kind of mold that we can't say like, Oh, that guy is, you know, he's your archetypal Christian. That guy, I, I know a hundred of that guy. Give me the unique, the busted, the broken, give me somebody who's going to surprise me with the things that they're going to say that it's going to go off script, that they're going to say something that raises eyebrows. That's what Jesus was all about, right? Yes. He would love it. Yeah. If somebody said something off the wall and he'd come right back and be like, I love that you said that. Yes. Would he not? Yes, absolutely. Yes, he would. Because he values that authenticity. That's why he looked at the Pharisees and says, ah, what do you guys, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are har- far from me. You know, you guys are saying the right things. You're going through the motions. But where's the father? Is the father connecting with your heart? Do you understand that he is more excited to see you than you are him? That's still a very tough question to sit with. And it's tough for me to get into that emotional space just by virtue of us doing a recording right now. I feel like that question in a place where the response can be coupled with silence and reflection, I think that lends well to having the appropriate response. But in this context, I don't know if I, if my mind is letting my heart go there because I'm trying to stay mentally engaged in this conversation. What a world. Yeah, absolutely. And Albert Einstein says, I'm not smarter than other people. I just stay with questions longer. And so 
to your point, if if we hear a question that is is intriguing, uh, that sparked something in us, don't just leave it in the journal or in your thoughts. Create some space to explore it, to sit down and say, "Hey, God, you." You blessed me with this incredible question earlier this morning when I first woke up and I've been chewing on it a little bit all day. And now I want to really dive into it. Help help me understand that. Help me understand why you brought me that question and what you want to do with it in, in my life and through my life. Well, I think uh, fundamentally that's one of the most enjoyable things that we do when we get together is I'll ask a question and your rebuttal to most of my questions is how can we make that question better right that what a thought exercise einstein would have been exceptionally proud of us yes i think so but that's important that's not everybody can do that on their own right and so that's where a little bit of fellowship comes absolutely comes into play a little bit of mentorship yes and the encouragement that comes with, you know, getting together and saying, yeah. let's ask good questions and let's be forthright in where we're at and where we're going. Yeah. And that's our hope for this podcast is that we can create this sandbox <laughs> that is larger. It's more fun. It's more beautiful. It's, there are more play things on it. So that we we can explore, we can explore through curiosity the what ifs of possibilities. Use the imagination to say what, what if what if there are more. And so, thank you for joining us on this podcast. You want to wrap up? Say anything else? I have nothing to say right now. I'm just happy to be here. Excited to step into this with you. See what happens. Enjoy ourselves, and if this helps people in their walk or wherever they're at, you know, whether somebody self-identifies as Christian or not, I think the things that we're asking each other and the way we're scanning our minds, our hearts, I think that if we're doing this right, I think that's going to have benefit to believers and non-believers alike. And as I've said, every single time we've gotten together, I'm blessed by these conversations. Uh, C.S. Lewis said once, Sometimes I need to be reminded more than I need to learn. And it doesn't matter if we're learning new things or if we're being reminded of something that we already knew. There's a blessing in in these kind of conversations. So thanks for joining us today.